In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've mentioned before on another occasion that in Greece there was a metropolitan there, Metropolitan Augustinos, in English Augustine, who just died recently at around 105 or 107 years old. And he was a great hierarch, and he had a rule in his diocese in Florina, which is in northern Greece. His rule was that at every single service, whether it was liturgy, whether it was baptism, whether it was a marriage ceremony, an unction, any type of service that was held in church, he would instruct his priests to always give some words to the people that were present, the word of God. Now, a lot of us don't realise that the word of God, when spoken, whether it's read or whether it is spoken during a sermon, is powerful. It was through the word of God that the holy apostles, when they went around the world, brought people to the Christian faith. Actually, the holy fathers of the Orthodox Church say, people who converted because they saw miracles, and there were those who converted to the Christian faith because they heard the word of God. And the holy fathers say that those who converted because they saw a miracle actually were weaker Christians and a lot of them fell away. When the time came later on for them to confess the faith, for them to lead a Christian life, they fell away. However, more, more of those who actually stayed in the church were those who were converted by the word of God. Miracles, St John Chrysostom says, God only allows miracles because of people's weak faith. They cannot repent, they cannot change when they hear the word of God. In other words, we say that they are very, very dead of spirit. And that's why God allows miracles for, 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 for people so as to bring them to the, to the church. So today we have the holy unction. So let us say just a few words on the holy unction because there's a lot of ignorance regarding the service. People, unfortunately, as I've said before, they know more about everything that goes on in the world. They know what's going on in Libya. They know what's going on in America. They know what's going on in Canberra. They know everything because of the internet now, newspapers, magazines, but not many people know about their faith. And that is because people choose not to make an effort to study the word of God because God has given us his word through the Holy Bible and God has given us his word through the writings of the saints and through when the priests speak in church, etc. So where does it say in the Bible that we should anoint the sick with oil? St Mark says... They, they anointed, many of the apostles, the, they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So it was a commandment from Christ. He told the apostles, I want you to anoint the people with oil when they are sick. Now, the holy apostle James, as we heard today in the epistles, because there were seven epistles read, one of them 
was of the Holy Apostle James. And he says clearly, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders, which means the priests, the clergy, of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's in the epistle of St. James. So what does it mean? So the unction, the Apostle James tells us clearly, unction has two purposes. One, those who are anointed with the holy oil, as all of you will be today, receive, if it's God's will, healing of our body. But not only that, we also receive, which is more important, healing of our soul. And how do we obtain healing of our soul? St. James says it there, through the forgiveness of our sins. So the holy oil does two things. One, we receive healing of our bodily sicknesses. And two, we receive healing of our souls by receiving forgiveness of sins. Now, again, this is why we need to, people need to listen to sermons and read, etc. If we are receiving forgiveness of sins during unction, where does confession come in? Because it says clearly, those who will be anointed will receive forgiveness of sins. So, does that mean that we don't have to go to confession? Does that mean that holy unction can be a substitute? But not only of that, we also hear when the priest put, um, does the uh, holy water service that it says those who will partake of the holy water will receive forgiveness of sins. When we commune the body and blood of Christ, we receive forgiveness of sins. So if we are receiving forgiveness of sins, where does confession come in? Well, Elder Ambrose of Optina explains. Now remember that the, that the church glorified 14 Optina elders, if I remember correctly, and maybe after they glorified others, but there's 14 main ones. Out of the 14, as the service, the Orthodox, the, the service says, that Saint Ambrose, Elder Ambrose of Optina, outshone the rest. He was the greatest out of all of them. Now Saint Ambrose says, through the power of holy unction, sins that have been forgotten through human weakness are forgiven. So, we sin, even if you, some people confess today, which, was, which is good. However, as soon as they walk away, being human, we sin through our thoughts, judging, Many, 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 many ways that we sin. All Christians sin. We sin continually. And that is why St. Paul says that the Orthodox Christians should continually call out to God, Lord, have mercy, forgive me. That's why we partake of holy water every morning. That's why we partake of the unction. That's why we commune often. 
so that our sins, which are many, can be forgiven because there's no way that we can even remember all the sins that we have done. So St. Ambrose says, after forgiveness of sins, after we receive forgiveness of sins from the Holy Unction, physical health is also granted if it be God's will. So forgiveness of sins we want for sure. As for the healing of our bodies, if we've got a sickness, etc., that is if God wants us to be healed. Many do get healed. That's the purpose of the unction for the sick. But people run to church because they could be suffering from some ill and they really pray to God to be healed or for someone else to be healed of their physical sicknesses. But we don't remember that more important than physical sicknesses to, to be healed, more important is to receive forgiveness of sins, to receive health of soul. That's important. Because even if we get better, one day we're still going to die. The body doesn't matter. People die. The saints died with horrible sicknesses. But yet, that didn't matter for the next life. What the saints cared about, and which is what we should care about, is whether we die with healthy souls. That's what's important. We've become quite fleshly. We live in a, in a time where the most important thing is physical health. And that's why the poor people of the world who have fallen away from the gospel of Christ, they have this thing of euthanasia, which they're trying to push now, even in Australia, whereby that if someone's too sick and they can't bear their sickness, what's the point in living? They don't want to be a burden to others and they don't want to be a burden to themselves. So they uh, ask that they are able to kill themselves so, so, it can be, it's le so they can be legal. But for the time being, it's illegal. But they're pushing. Why? Because they don't understand that when someone is sick or very sick, it is very, very beneficial both to the person who's sick and to the others who will take care of that person. What are the commandments of Christ that we heard during the uh, third Sunday? Did you visit me when I was sick, taking care of the sick? That is one of the greatest commandments of the Christian faith, to take care of those who need help. Through taking care of those who need help, we receive an abundant amount of grace it's such a great thing. But people don't understand that. But not only that, the person who's suffering, like, for example, St John of Kronstadt, a great Russian saint, who on his deathbed couldn't breathe, he was suffering so much, and he said, thank you, God, for allowing me to be sick before my death, to cleanse me of whatever sins that I have forgotten, to cleanse me and prepare me for the next life. This is the mentality, this is the attitude that we should have as Orthodox Christians, not the worldly attitude. So St. Ambrose says, if it's God's will to get better, let us get better. 
Let us pray the Lord that he may first heal our souls, says Elder Ambrose. And along with that, that he grant us health as needed in accordance with his holy will. If it's God's will, we, we, we will get better. If it's not his will, then at least let's walk off today from this church. Let us walk off today after receiving the holy oil to uh, receive at least our, the forgiveness of our sins and health of soul. Now, another thing that the Holy Fathers say is that those who are active members of the church are allowed to participate of the holy unction. What is this active member? It means those Orthodox Christians who struggle, who read the gospel, who pray, who confess often, who commune often, those people can partake of holy unction without necessarily having to confess beforehand unless they have something especially burdensome. So, all the mysteries of the church, whether it's holy water, holy unction, all the mysteries of the church require us, sorry, that the church allows us to partake of these wonderful mysteries, if and only if we are living members of the Orthodox Church, not half a quarter, but living members, and then we may participate. There is a lot of ignorance regarding unction. When should it be served? Actually, let's look at some history. In, in, um, in the 11th century, they used to do the Holy Unction on the first Saturday of the Great Fast, which is St. Theodore. That's where some used to do it. On the, in the 12th century, they used to do it in La on Lazarus Saturday. But after that, by the time they got to around the 17th century, nearly everyone was doing it, which was on Holy Thursday, which is Wednesday night for some, or Holy Saturday. So what do we see from that? There is no rule. There's no real rule. It's whatever the bishop blesses, whatever, and it's just what we say, a pious practice, but nowhere is there a rule. Actually, in Greece, they also do holy unction during the nativity fast. It's good to do holy unction in all the fasts. Holy unction is a very important service, especially for those who are quite sick. One Greek priest here in Sydney, because he had a very big parish, he would be in, people would tell him, come, come and do me an unction service. As you saw, the unction service can take up to two hours. So if that priest went to everyone's house and, and did unction services, he would not have time for anything. So he decided to have an unction service once a month in the parish so everyone can come. So let us not be fooled. Let us not be judgmental and say, why is this unction service not on Great Wednesday, for example, some might say, or why is, why is the priest doing an unction service outside of Great Lent? General unction which is what we did today, general unction, 
because the unction which is specifically for a sick person is actually a bit, little bit different. When we're doing an unction service specifically for a person, the person is anointed seven times after each gospel he is anointed. While today that would take too long, so we anoint everyone once. Zeal is excellent. To have zeal for the faith is excellent. But St. Paul says clearly, zeal but according to knowledge. A lot of people have zeal such that the zeal becomes judging. They judge, especially the clergy. It is a great sin to continually judge the priests because we see something different why is that priest doing that? And why is that priest doing that? And a lot of people today have become professors of theology where they think that they know all about the church because they read a few books. I'm going to say something now which will shock many of you. When the devil comes and tells us, judge that priest and judge him and that and do this and judge the bishop, when we get these thoughts, we should reject it because... There's more to it than what we know. Actually, the more I study, the more I look into things, the more I see there's just so much that I don't even know. Humility is what's necessary. Because as St. Ignatius Branchininov says in the arena there, a book produced by Holy Trinity Monastery, he says that many people out of zeal, for example, for the fasts, they might go to a monastery, say a person wants to become a monk or a nun, they go to a monastery and it might not be exactly as the rule says. They might say, no oil on that day, that monastery might have oil. No fish on that day, that monastery might have fish. Then these people become crazy and they start um, saying, this is not a proper monastery, this is not orthodoxy. Remember that the old believers in Russia, they fell away, they went into schism because of a couple of things. One because they, the Orthodox Christians preferred to cross themselves with three fingers, they would do it differently. And also because the Orthodox Church changed some of the liturgical books. And because of that, they thought the Antichrist had come. They, they believed, they, they thought that the Russian Church was the Antichrist, and therefore they fell away. And many of them today don't even have priests. That's how it goes. So when you walk into an old believer church and you see this iconostasi here and then the say a priest is visiting, he might walk up to the door there to walk in only to smash his nose on the door because there is no... The, the building ends because they said we don't have an altar because the priesthood's gone. There are people today in Sydney who because of zeal, supposedly... Do not go to any church. They actually stay home and say, all the churches have gone off. And this all starts through these little things of judging. And that is why St. Ignatius says, even if something is wrong, even if there is a wrong practice in the church, better to say nothing because the devil will say, go and say something, and the person says it in the wrong way, the person becomes 
uh, overzealous and they think that they've got the Holy Spirit and they begin to judge everyone and say to the priest, this is not right. Because what does that lead to? Slowly, slowly, slowly it leads to deception. And that's why we have the saints that said, we have some um, great saints who said, better to be deceived in the church than to leave the church supposedly because we're correct. Many, as we know today, there are many Russians who left because of the union with the, with, um, the Moscow Patriarchate. They say, we want to be in a church which was the same as it was before communism. We want to be in the pure church. But the poor, unfortunate, ignorant people don't understand that before communism in Russia, there were so many problems, as there was in Greece, but let's just say in Russia, there were so many problems whereby the Tsar actually, when, because before there was a patriarch back in the, in the earlier centuries, they abolished that. So when the bishops would come together to discuss matters of the church, the Tsar then had his person in there, a lay person, not even a priest, a lay person. And no decision of the synod could be confirmed unless he said, yes, this is beyond the canons. This is actually quite, quite serious. And yet, which Orthodox saint left the church? Saint Seraphim, Saint Tikkun of Zidons. Which of all those great saints left the church? Not one. So why? Because they knew it was wrong, but that schism is worse so they prayed, endured, and tried to correct it. In Russia, Metropolitan Peter of Kiev, he actually said that unction should only be when you're dying, which was a Catholic influence. There were no general unctions like you see today, only if someone was dying. And that went on from 1650 around there to the time of the revolution for 250 years plus. There were no general unctions. And Elder Ambrose says, this shouldn't be. This is not correct. We should follow the, the way that they do it in Greece. There should be general unctions. And just, at the, just in 1917, the Synod was going to turn that around and say, let's, let's cancel that. That's not right. We have been wrong for 250 years. We must have general unction, like, like, like we're doing today. But then the communism came they didn't get a chance to do it, but later on the church abroad kept the, cor the correct tradition and therefore that's why we have general unction. See, how many people know that? We don't. So we say, I want to be pure like it was in Russia in the old days, or I want to be like it was in Greece before the new calendar came in. We want this, we want that. And yet we don't even know that during those times there was so much heresy in the church so much, there were so many incorrect things that one would say the church was lost. In Greece, before the calendar change in some of the islands, there was Catholics in mixed with the Greeks because some of the Catholics took over some of the Greek islands and they used to do services together. They had godparents that were Catholic and mixing up and marriages and Catholic monks 
were blessed by the Orthodox bishop to come into Orthodox churches and confess Orthodox people. So the Orthodox Greeks were confessing to Roman Catholic priests. And yet people say, I want to go back to the old days where it was pure. Or I want to go back to Russia where it was pure, whereby in, in Russia, in the Kiev, in the Kiev the Theological School, all lessons were done in Latin and they were learning Latin theology. This is, this is what I'm trying to say, that never think something is what it seems because there's other things behind it. Let us all become less judgmental. Let us be humble. Remember, the, have you heard the saying, too many cooks spoil the broth? When you've got too many cooks in the kitchen, one cook saying you put more salt. The other one saying less salt. The other one says you put oil. The other one says you put parsley. The other one says, no, the parsley will spoil it. At the end, what happens? It just spoils it. That, at the end, it's all a whole, a whole mess. That's the same as in the church. Today, not many students... Not many pupils in the church, but there's more teachers. Everyone wants to be a teacher, but no one wants to be a humble disciple to learn. And that's why we have this horrible problem when they see faults in their church, then they leave and they go, there's no orthodox churches left in the whole world, I will stay home. And this all comes from zeal not according to knowledge. So let us not be confused. And in this church, with the blessing of Father Alexander, and as he, he favours highly that we have unctions often, I don't want to hear people say, this is not correct, this is not orthodox to have unctions outside of Lent. We should say instead, thanks God that we have a parish priest who wants to do unctions often. Thanks God that we have a priest at all. Because remember what happened in Russia, remember what happened in Albania, remember what happened in many countries all over where communism came. There were no priests in many areas. There were no priests to bury the dead. There was no priest to confess people. There was no priest to baptise. Today, the fact that we can come to church and have our children baptised, we can confess and commune, we should say thanks God for that. And the more we show that we are ungrateful, then one day we may find that God will take away the priests and we don't have any. So let us be more grateful for what we've got and stop judging, stop complaining, stop looking at little things. Why is that priest wearing white in the Russian church? It should be purple or red and things like that. These are trivial, 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 not, not important. Every, every church has got different traditions. We're not going to lose our soul because someone's wearing white vestments. We're not going to lose our soul because something's done a little bit different to what we're used to. When it, it may be that people are defending, they might say, this is the correct way, only to find out that it's not even the correct way that they're defending something which is actually wrong. All of us now will approach. We will all be anointed. We ask God for healing. We ask God for forgiveness of our sins. And we, when we go home, we thank God and say, thank you for even having this service available for us. And may God give us more and more these of, of, of the unction service, which is very powerful. May God 
grant us always to have an orthodox priest right up to the time we die. Or that's, that's the main thing, to be able to have access to an orthodox priest so that we can confess, we can commune, and that we can then, after we've gone, to have the priest to pray for us so that we can actually go to heaven. Amen.